When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out of the Box podcast. It has been many months since we have recorded an episode together. It has been many months since we have talked about college softball in a public forum on our own feed. And we're very excited to bring you what should be a really fun podcast series. We've done it before. And we're bringing you the 2021 Alabama Moments of the Year. Five episodes, a top five voted by a secret committee. It's going to be fun. We hope you'll stick with us for all five weeks. I'm Gray Robertson. Tom Canterbury is also here. We are recording in essentially, I guess, what's going to be our new studio, if this sounds good. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) New digs. I like it. (laughs) Well, we tried. I specifically moved here because I said, there is where we can record the podcast. (laughs) It doesn't have a room that we can record. Yes, we're in. Just got to put up some soundproof, whatever the things are on the bottom of milk crates. Let's put that on the wall. We're ready. Yes. It's going to be a fun five weeks, as we did in 19 and a little bit in 20, but not really. There wasn't as much not fun as, stuff. Not as much. We just yeah. threw together some things. There wasn't a full-on vote. <laughs> the Washington game is the only thing that happened. We almost just played that entire right, game. pretty much. <laughs> We've got a top five for the 2021 moments of the year from five separate games, multiple innings across all those games. There was a panel of 16 that voted on a list of, I believe, also 16 nominees. And we're, as usual, not going to reveal the committee. Not a farcical committee. We got media, fans, coaches, players, former players, us, obviously, staff. So plenty of outside voices. And I think we came up with a, a really good top five, Tom. I do. And I, I don't think it's going to be any uh, big mystery on what the number one uh, overall moment of the season was. But there were some outstanding moments, obviously, when you, you have a, a season where you uh, you play the type of schedule that Alabama played. Um, you have a, a season where you win the SEC championship and the, and the SEC tournament here in Tuscaloosa. You make it to the final four in Oklahoma City. Uh, there's going to be a lot of really cool things. And it's interesting, you know, you take a look at the kind of the honorable mentions, the also receiving votes category, like those would be number one plays in, in you know, majority of all college softball programs. Yeah. And, uh, didn't make the top five for Alabama. There were some that were devastating exclusions and we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, yes. But first we're going to play not really a game, but I just like the title since we've been gone, which is what I wrote. Uh, as you hear that, thank Kelly Clarkson. We're going to talk about some of the topics that have rocked college softball a bit or are currently rocking college softball since we last did a podcast so we will start of course with conference realignment mm. tom in a couple years not this year but in a couple years we're going to do softball media days and it might be a month long because there are going to be 15 teams in the sec with oklahoma and texas joining the conference this has obviously been widely discussed in terms of football and basketball and some of the other sports. Our other softball friends have done a nice job discussing what Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC, and I think even more importantly, leaving the Big 12 means for those two leagues. But now we've got a shot too, Tom. And as I look at it, the easy commentary here is, if the SEC wasn't the best league already, it for sure is now adding Oklahoma and Texas. Oh my gosh. Oklahoma is going to feel what it's like to actually have to play regular season conference games. Uh, with teams that might give them a little bit of uh, of resistance, uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's not you know it's not that that the SEC just added a couple teams. They added like the the premier program in all of college softball and and a top ten perennial a team, team that is in supers right. yes, every year exactly. Uh, so it's it's just it makes what was already the toughest conference in America even tougher, and it's going to be even 
more impressive when whatever team wins a regular season or wins a tournament title in this league is when you have teams like Oklahoma and Texas coming in. And so it's 15 teams. We've even heard rumblings about Vanderbilt could be 16 very soon. We're still waiting. That is certainly the hope because the way, the way the sport is growing or it's coming to the point where there's really no excuse for you not to have a team. Yeah. Uh, If you're a D one level, obviously in a power five, especially uh, you should have a, a softball team. So 15, 16 teams is on the horizon for the SEC. And it's going to be just nothing but premier softball all season long in this league. It's going to be amazing. I mean, look, again, a lot of this move, uh, you know, we're realistic. A lot of this move was made for football. Sure. But it's hard not to think that the sport that this most elevates is softball. And I don't think it's really close. I mean, Texas you know, they'll have their good years in football. Oklahoma has been in the college football playoff. It feels like every year, but I mean, we are talking about a team in Oklahoma that is literally missed. As I, I think back on what we were talking about in OKC one women's college world series in the last decade yeah. and a Texas team that has been in supers every year of the Mike white era. And it's hard not to think they're going to be back there yeah. in the next couple of years. And the rest of the time he's in Austin and is on the come up. On, yeah. You know, they, they kind of had, uh, a little bit of time where they were uh, not at the level they probably should have been. But when Mike White came in, it, it was almost instantaneous to turn around. And I expect them, they are going to be a you know World Series contender perennially every year. So, I mean, there's so much that, that comes into this. You know, you, you have the rekindling of the Texas-Texas A&M rivalry, <laughs> um, which will, you know, maybe force some hands at, in College Station. Um, you'll, you'll have, you know, the, the regular season – three game series between Oklahoma and Alabama is just, uh, that's, that's bonkers. I mean, there is a world where Oklahoma will play potentially. And I, I obviously haven't seen a schedule. No one's there. Right. They're thinking of that right now. Sure. I can say in we'll the be, office, but they're not, yeah. we're not there yet with yeah. it being presented to the public, but there is a world where Oklahoma has a home series or away series against Alabama and vice versa against Florida in the same oh, yeah. season, which are two of the biggest outside the big 12 rivals Oklahoma has. Yeah. And that is just going to be must see TV. If we saw ABC do one super regional game this past year, we might be talking about a regular season game with those two potential matchups. Oh, there's no reason not to, especially, you know, once you get past uh, March madness uh, where, you know, the the networks will be looking for some programming uh, sports wise uh, on the weekends I think regular season softball fits right in. I think it's going to be, and when you have marquee matchups like that, you know, Texas LSU is going to be, I think a really good uh, rivalry that's Mm -hmm. going to continue to be rekindled, Uh, you know, Florida against both Oklahoma and Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma and Texas, um, you know, Tennessee and those teams, there's, there's going to be some really good regular season series um, that are going to be very meaningful. It's just, (laughs) it, it, when you, when you really start to think about it, the only thing maybe is like if you are an SEC team, maybe you don't play as tough of a non-conference schedule. Yeah. But that's just me thinking. I, I don't think that's the way coaches think. I, I think we're going to see some really some really tough schedules in non-conference. And then they're going to turn right around and go through the meat grinder of the SEC. That's going to have Oklahoma and Texas involved. Going to open with Oklahoma at right. home at Kentucky. <laughs> yes. And then just Katie bar the door from there. <laughs> After you played in the Mary Nutter and the uh, – and clear We're of course talking about Auburn. That's sure. Exactly that's exactly how, what they're going to do. That's exactly how that season's going to go. Um, no, but seriously, this is obviously huge for the SEC. And on the flip side, let's look at the trade: Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU going to the Big Twelve. Cincinnati does not have a softball program. Houston, UCF, and BYU good programs. Teams that are in the tournament, not super regional teams, no. not national championship contenders. So it, it's a tough flip. For the Big 12, they had to add these teams. Otherwise, there would have been five softball teams left in the league. But, I mean, it, it's hard to to see a win here for the Big 12. Maybe the biggest winner is Oklahoma State because by then the path will be cleared yeah. for the Cowgirls to maybe run the Big 12 like Oklahoma has in the last decade plus. Yeah, I, I think that's really the only positive. Maybe like, you know, a team like a Baylor or somebody like that will be able to kind of have a resurgence it's it's a tremendous blow to the Big 12. Um, UCF is one of the, is kind of the right on the edge of being a top 25 team, and I think maybe this type of move is going to help that program for sure. Uh, but I don't think it's going to elevate it to the point where they're 
uh, hosting super regionals. Um, you know, at least not immediately. Not immediately. It, it would take some time. Right. Uh, I think BYU has a has a quality program. Um, that they might they might be even uh, more of an, an immediate impact type team even than UCF. At, you know, because you're looking at what they what they just did going to um, Tempe and knocking out Arizona State. They they have. Uh, a good program that, that is used to playing a tough schedule. Uh, so I think they're going to come in and, and may be a little bit more of a immediate um, contender against an Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State definitely becomes cream of the crop of the Big 12 now. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. The timelines of everything, I think uh, the additions to the Big 12 are in the next year or so. So there could be potentially a ton of Big 12 teams before Oklahoma and Texas yeah, there's There's a year where all the new teams are in there and Oklahoma and Texas are still living there. Right. If everything goes as the contracts say they are right now. It will not. Right. I'm just saying. So just calling it now. Yeah. So that I say that that might not happen because <laughs> uh, it may happen earlier. And I think once these type of moves are announced, the quicker they get finalized and, and gone ahead and do it, it the better. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think there needs to be like two or three lame duck years uh, if it can all be helped. Yeah, let's stabilize everything, get everything settled, and roll right along. One more topic I want to discuss before we get into the voting and, and number five on our top five moments of the year list. As we record in about two hours, Kat Osterman will pitch her final game of her career for Athletes Unlimited. And I don't know if she's getting the start or if she's coming out of, uh, out of the pen and in relief. I would assume she starts. But I just wanted to talk about Kat for a second. Obviously, a player that we would love to get on the podcast someday, a player who's besties with a previous guest, might, Emily Pitek. We might have an in with that. Maybe. So that might help. Uh, I, I just I think about her legacy and her impact on the game. Obviously, I think one of the two or three best pitchers of all time. She would be my number one. It's a shame she never had teams that could score at Texas to get her a national championship. But I think back to when I was younger and I would be at SEC spring meetings in Destin and in the mid early 2000s, Cat would be pitching in the World Series and my family would say, we're going to the beach. And I'd say, I'll, I'll come down and join you in a bit. I want to watch Cat." And she was just, she was one of the first softball players that I truly recognized immediately. And then that I got kind of got to know just from watching all the games. And obviously that's a very small piece mm-hmm. of what she did, but the way that she was able to grow the game, the way that she won at every level at Texas on team USA in athletes unlimited, she won last year with the, with the pride with so many other organizations and teams. Uh, it's just really remarkable what her career has been. It really is. And yeah, I, I definitely top one, top two pitchers of all time or overall softball players of all time. Uh, and what uh, she was able to do at Texas, like you said, wish, wish she'd had a, an offense that I could have scored a little bit more around her and she could have won a, a, a national championship. But um, to just be as dominant as she was, uh, it would have been interesting to see if she had been in her prime at a different time within the evolution of the game. Like if she was in her prime right now, where, where would she be pitching? Right now? Or where, like how dominant she'd be able to be. Um, but it's, it's really... Um, you know, a testament to everything that, that she was and the competitor that she was, that what she was able to do here in the last couple of years, basically coming out of retirement and pitching on Team USA and then going through an extra year of it because, you know, the 2020 Olympics moved to 2021. Um, and, and she never lost her touch? No. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, definitely hats off to her amazing career. I will never forget when Emily Pitek brought her up to the radio booth during Supers for Alabama, Texas. I don't have many regrets from our time together over the last five years. Five years? Wow. Yeah. Goodness gracious. But <laughs> the one that I have is that we didn't take a picture that day with Kat. And hopefully, I don't think we did. Okay. So oh, yeah. Alabama does play Texas this year. Patrick Murphy has revealed that on this podcast. So Kat, if you're out yeah. there, come back to T-Town. We, we, We're going to we pick. We were hoping to see her this year, and then, you know, the, the epic blizzard came through, and <laughs> we had to turn around in Mississippi and come back. So, didn't get a chance to see Texas this year, but, uh, yeah, I, I hope we get a chance to run into Cat a few more times here, and, and maybe she'll have more time to come by if, yeah. if she's not pitching anymore. I'll tell you what, Tom, the blizzard did not make the nominees list no. for moment of the year. That, that I, was, there was one thing, before we get to the moments, there was one other, you know, one other thing that's happened since, since, we've, uh, since we've been gone. 
um, the rules changes. Oh my gosh, the rules changes. You're yes. exactly right. You know, this is going to be one of those questions that we ask every coach when we get to softball media days. And at the end of the moments list, we'll talk about what the schedule looks like. But uh, you're right, there were rules changes. Out of the box has been changed. I don't necessarily think it's fixed, but it's pretty close. You actually, I think, yeah. like the rule that they have more than the one that we initially had. Yes, I do. Because what it what it basically does is if you're out of the box on two strikes and you and you hit it out of the box, then it's like you bunted it foul and strike three. I'm okay with that. But if you do it like on the very first pitch, then it's just a foul ball. Now, yeah. Which is the way you know it should be. I mean, I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm just glad it's fixed from what it was. Just glad common sense yeah. at some point uh, <laughs> prevailed, uh, much like the scheduling in the Women's College World Series. Yes, schedule. We got an extra day. That's all, I mean, that's all we need. It's not hard. And no. TV, the revenue will still be there. The audience will still be there. This year showed that more than ever. Mm-hmm. That extra day is so big. We could now spend a week and a half in OKC next year, Tom. That, that's certainly the hope. Do you know how many trips to Cattleman's that is? <laughs> what did we do? Three this time? We, <laughs> yeah. were, we were there for about a week. So, yeah, that's <laughs> actually two or three uh, stakes put, put away. Um, yeah, so that's it, when you look at it, I don't know if it would have made a difference when at, at, at the end of the day, Florida State was just playing amazingly against Alabama. Uh, but if you had had that extra day and Alabama wasn't, thinking that they were going to have to play a second game on that same day yeah. with the weather, with, with the weather situation, would that have changed what happened in game number one against the Seminoles game number two, obviously, you know, they scored eight runs and Alabama almost came back. I thought they were actually going to, and they cut it to eight to five. On Only time seven. Alabama lost all year by scoring five or more runs. Right. Which so should never happen. And it was just yeah. one of those fluke things. Exactly. But I think game one may have gone differently had, the schedule that is going to be implemented now, Ben was happening, but it wasn't, you know, hats off Florida state, but uh, I'm happy again, common sense is, is raining. Uh, There's no reason to try to, to cram everything in when you have a product that when you look at the ratings is one of the most popular ones. Yeah. And we, we can't have another scenario where Florida state is playing until 2 AM no. to win and potentially play two more games the next day. That, exactly. that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. So yeah. Florida, Florida state's probably like, yeah, you guys are complaining about the schedule. <laughs> we were playing in, you know, like 10 hours before, you know, in 3 AM. Devin Flaherty, we were talking to the FGCL this summer and she said during that first game, <laughs> there were times where she had to remind herself, Oh, I'm batting. I have to swing. Because right. they were so tired. Right. I'm at the World Series. This is the biggest <laughs> game of my life. I'm batting. Okay, got it. Other rules changes. Replay. Mm-hmm. Hello. That's going to be fun. Sure. We might need a monitor now in the radio booth. But I think when, be arranged. Yeah, when we're, you know, when there's not one there, I'll move my elbow. Okay, we'll, right. We'll tell BMO and the rest of the gang to right. tilt a bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, anything else? Anything else that catches your eye? I was a little surprised that with the with the soapbox that Patrick Murphy especially has been on, and we've seen uh, the entries that the safety base wasn't implemented. Yeah, um, but hopefully that that will be coming here soon. I know when we asked Patrick Murphy that during softball media days, he will probably mention it, and I think he's right. Uh, considering this was a long list, I mean, this yeah. was a multiple bullet point page document for this rule change it wasn't just bailey dowling no i mean safety base was not on there but they they put a lot in there and safety base was not one of them and i i thought that was a little interesting but you know maybe the next round yeah maybe so all right we can can only get so much common sense at one time we don't want to overdo it (laughs) committees are next (laughs) right yes here we go speaking of committees Mm -hmm. it's time to discuss the top five moments of the year we'll get to number five in just a moment i know you're waiting on the edge of your seat (laughs) But what did not make it? We'll give you sixth, seventh, and eighth. In sixth place, honorable mention, sixth place was game two in Supers versus Kentucky. That was actually in the top five pretty much until the end. Seventh place was game one against Kentucky. I <laughs> voted game one ahead of game two yeah. because the Montana foul space is loaded strikeout. I mean, come on. Sure. That's yeah. It was ridiculous. And also just missing out, game three versus Auburn, the mm. Bailey Dowling home run off her face. Yes. One of, uh, I know that's uh, 
somewhere Nate Chien is, is smiling because that's that's his favorite call of the year was uh, she hit her home face on the scoreboard. Uh, yeah, that, and that's one I, I wish it, it had made it and we're going to talk about it. But uh, that whole weekend at Auburn was one of the most fun weekends ever. You throw in everything that happened. Right. That was oh it was gosh. superb. Yeah, it was great. So uh, I hated that one didn't make it. And Kentucky, there was some we played Kentucky so much. Like a tenth of the season was against Kentucky. And uh, the fact that Alabama was able to, after what happened in Lexington, to play them three times in postseason play, once in the SEC tournament and then the Super Regionals in Tuscaloosa. I'm sure Kentucky was tired of seeing Alabama by that point, too. Um, and, and to kind of redeem what had happened earlier in the year, I, I was I was very proud of the team for doing that. And, uh, you know, I wish one of those Kentucky games would have made it somehow, but it, it was, I don't think I voted on the Kentucky. I'm looking at your poll. You did not. Yeah. So um, I cut some Kentucky because there couldn't be right. too much Kentucky sure. on the ballot. Is there anything else that you wish had been in the conversation? For me, it is a shame that game three against Tennessee got no votes. Yeah. I didn't even vote for it, but that right. was the Ashley Rogers was throwing a no hitter until the fifth. Then Alabama found a way. Lexi Kilfoyle got a hit. Alabama won that game three, nothing. This was after the Bailey Dowling injury. This was kind of the first sign that the team would be okay after she went down, which I think was really important against a great pitcher like Ashley Rogers, but nary a vote. And that's because the slate was so stacked this year. (laughs) And there was some stuff early on in the year too. Um, You know, obviously, you know, a perfect game on opening day. Yeah. Uh, You know, and with everything that happened on that first week, as we said, you know, the blizzard canceling our trip to, to, um, to Austin and, and getting a chance to play in Montgomery, throwing the perfect game uh, against uh, Alabama State, a 10-0 victory over what ended up being a really good Notre Dame team, uh, and then playing a game in front of nobody, <laughs> a couple against uh, Louisville in, uh, in Tuscaloosa, just a surreal weekend. Uh, but you know, th- that, that was really cool, the, the sweep over LSU in non-conference play in Tuscaloosa, Savannah Woodard's Grand Slam, walk off against the Northern Iowa. Not, not a single vote for no. that either. Uh, two grand slams against Texas A&M, one by Claire Jenkins, one by Kaylee Tao. Uh, so I mean, there was a lot of stuff kind of earlier on in the year, but when you had so many huge moments later on, they kind of get lost in, in the shuffle. Shall we reveal number five? Yes. Oh, it's the gif that reached a thousand likes on Twitter. <laughs> Alabama at Auburn game one. Why is this game special? Because Tom, this is the longest home run we've ever seen. This is Auburn hosting Alabama game one, the fifth and seventh innings, the fifth inning where Bailey hit it over the scoreboard. And if you watch the highlight back, <laughs> it's way out there. I mean, we're not over-exaggerating. Right. This is in the distance and then in the sevens, shutting the door. Auburn, you know, Alabama got the sweep, but Auburn was game in pretty much all those sure. contests. I mean, they were yeah. they were not blowouts, but Alabama's power hitters found ways to win. And that first game was uh, probably the best you could imagine of Bailey Hemphill until maybe something we discuss later in these rankings. Right. The only thing that, that would have made it better had been if it was an absolute packed house at June B. Moore. <laughs> um, because I've been there when it's been a packed house and Alabama's won, and it's a lot of fun. I've been there when it's been a packed house and Alabama hasn't won. That's not as much fun. Uh, but It's tougher. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's much tougher there, especially when we're outside of the press box for <laughs> no reason. Uh, but, you know, this this year understood where we were. I've, I've had people say, you guys are exaggerating how hard this ball. No, it is literally the hardest ball I've ever seen hit. The only one that is comparable to me in an actual game, you know, obviously batting practice, they'll get all of them. But in an actual game, the only one that's comparable is Jocelyn Allo's home run against Alabama in, in the World Series in 2019. That's the only one that comes anywhere close. I think Bailey's was better. Uh, it's I also, think so too. You know, it also makes me feel, feel a lot better. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you've ever been to Auburn's stadium, they have a scoreboard and then they have a – giant sculpture of an eagle um that is significantly higher it's it's up there there. it's on a pedestal right it's a whole thing it's way up there and we always joke about it'd be awesome to you know hit a ball off that yeah thinking there's no possible chance of that happening had it been a little bit more over i think it would have hit the eagle 
It, I mean, it was. I don't crushed. know. I think it might have been higher. Might have been gone I, over. I, the I don't know. I don't awesome. know if there was a shot to hit the eagle because it was so high up. Yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding. I've watched that video a lot. I think it's just hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, you look and you see the scoreboard, and there's this tiny dot, right? Hundreds of feet behind the scoreboard, fading into the distance, mm-hmm. continuing to go, and it, it's. I mean. It hit I'm amazed it's only number five. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's the one thing I, I kind of, you know, have an issue with our esteemed panel is that it, it was close to not making the list. It was real close. Uh, but th- there is a significant space between the fence and the trees. And then the trees are pretty high. And the thing hit a quarter, three quarters the way up on the trees. And if you see the video of the actual swing, the ball leaves the frame in like two frames because it hit it's hit so hard oh it's so ridiculous it is it is the most amazing home run i've ever seen it happening it's auburn which makes it even better and it, it was bailey who definitely is made the case to be the best power hitter in alabama history all of it was good that will be a discussion come regular season we're going to do top fives as we usually do in the non-conference mm-hmm. top five alabama power hitters will be one of the questions so start prepping now uh, prepare man. yourself this is game one against Auburn, the fifth and seventh innings. It got one first place vote. It was on seven of 16 committee ballots. What say we do it, Tom? Let's go. Here it is, fifth and seventh inning in game one versus Auburn. The Bailey bomb to end all Bailey bombs, at least in terms of distance, <laughs> coming up right here. Top of the fifth inning, Alabama with a 3-0 lead over Auburn. New up for the Crimson Tide. Here in the fifth, Mac Hemphill and Tau. 2-3-4 against Matty Pinsa in the circle for Auburn. Pinsa's gone four innings, seven hits, three runs, two earned, no walks, and two strikeouts. 80 pitches and 52 strikes thrown by Pinsa so far in the ballgame. Has looked better the last couple innings, but again, this is the part of the order that has given her trouble. Starting off with Mack, and again, look at the outfield, Tom. First pitch to Mack is bunted down the first base line. The throw is not going to be in time. Talk about a perfectly placed bunt. That was spinning just out of the left-handed batter's box down the first base line on the chalk. Beautifully placed by Alexis Mack, and Bama's in business again here top to start the fifth inning. Well, no need to do the chip shot if you're going to lay down a bunt like that. I mean, that was perfect spinning, like you said, right down the first base line. Didn't have enough momentum, though, to roll foul. Absolutely brilliant. Bailey Hemphill steps up now. One for two. First pitch fouled off for strike one. I did mention that two, only two of the three runs are earned for uh, Alabama. Auburn has not committed an error, but they must have called what I marked down as a wild pitch that allowed Sides and Mack to move up. As, as a pass ball is the only way that becomes unearned. I was curious as I was looking at it. The 0-1. Hemphill destroys this ball. Oh, my gosh. Home run, Bailey Hemphill. That you can maybe pick up in Opelika. My goodness. Over the scoreboard in left field. It's 5-0 Alabama. <laughs> Pinta went rise. She right shouldn't have. The, she shouldn't have. Right in the wheelhouse. Oh my gosh. I have seen, I would say, 95% of Bailey's home runs in her career. Never I've seen, seen them all. Like that. I've seen them all. In Can my, you agree? Yeah. That's, that was, wow. That was murdered. <laughs> Hemphill might be arrested after hitting the ball that hard. And obviously, Pinta's done. That will do it for, for Maddie Pinta. My gosh. Holy what smokes. What a home run by Bailey Hemphill, and that will bring Mickey Dean out to make a Crimson Drive called to the bullpen. We'll tell you about the new pitcher right after this. It's 5-0 Alabama here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Auburn coach Mickey Dean makes the Crimson Drive called to the bullpen. Crimson Drive is our new weekly afternoon talk show on all CTSN social media platforms, including Facebook and Twitter. Crimson Drive is live each Thursday at 2 p.m. Central, so join us for the latest on Alabama athletics. The new pitcher for Auburn, replacing Maddie Pinta, 
is going to be Lexi Hanley. Yeah, Lexi Hanley, the redshirt senior lefty on the season, a .81 ERA, a 1-0 record. This will be her fourth appearance. Eight and two-thirds, six hits, one run it was earned, four walks and ten strikeouts. Opponents hitting 194 against Hanley. Rise, curve, drop, mid to high 60s pace. Not a ton of sharp movement on her stuff. It's more, I guess, deliberate movement will be how I would describe it. She's got a bit of an off-speed curve, but, you know, she's a, she's a lefty, so it's going to be a completely different look and a move that Mickey Dean had to make because Pinta, yeah. she's clearly got talent, but she was not ready for tonight. And Alabama did their work for sure on her. They were hammering the rise ball all night long and hit maybe the furthest home run I've seen an Alabama player hit in my five years doing this with you. Like, even in batting practice, I haven't seen Never. any hit that hard. Bailey Hemphill chases Maddie Penta. It's 5-0 Alabama now here in the top of the fifth inning. Kaylee Tao steps to the plate. The first pitch is a called strike, 0-1. Penta, four innings, nine hits, five runs, four earned, no walks and two strikeouts, 83 pitches and 55 strikes thrown by the freshman. She gives way now to Lexi Hanley. The 0-1. Tao takes that one outside, one ball and one strike. Tao is 0 for 2 with a pop out and a strikeout so far today. And by the way, that home run puts Hemphill over 200 career RBIs. Yes. 201 now for her career. Might catch Charlotte Morgan this weekend. Who well, knows? I mean, go for it. The 1-1. Tao with a high chopper to second. The in-between hop. Nice play by Cox charging in. Makes the stop and out for the first out of the inning. That was brilliantly played by Cox right there. Was able to read off the hop and then Straight into the glove. That was absolutely beautiful. Really nice work by the freshman second baseman for Auburn. That brings up Maddie Morgan. Morgan's 0 for 2 with a fly out and a ground out so far today. In the middle of the order, 4 5 6, is uh, 0 for 7. That one is a slow roller this time to second. Cox has it and throws it in time. And in the middle of the order, now 0 for 8. There's two gone. Quick shout out to Director of Operations, Kate Harris. She just texted me and said, I'm headed to Opelika now. I will go ahead and retrieve Bailey's home run ball. <laughs> Good luck, though. I don't know if yeah. it's landed. We'll see. Maybe just Jimmy Hoffa into whatever they're building across the street. Hope the concrete was dry. Claire Jenkins steps in. The first pitch is outside for ball one. Well, in all the excitement, we do have an Out of the Box podcast scoreboard update. Bottom five in Columbia, Arkansas, 2-0 on South Carolina. My arch nemesis, South Carolina, apparently. Don't know how this happened. <laughs> the 1-0 is inside, two balls and no strikes. Mentioned the Out of the Box podcast, which is the sponsor of the scoreboard update. We did our picks this week for the first time. Yes. I'm excited to probably lose by one. <laughs> if everything goes according to plan. 2-0 to Jenkins is high, and the count moves to 3-0. And I'm just going to announce next week's guest now. Last week we had Jenny Dalton Hill. Next week we've got two, Tom, because the Tennessee series is next weekend. We will have Tennessee Lady Balls radio broadcaster Brian Rice and our good friend from ESPN, former Lady Ball Madison Shipman oh, on right. this week. 3-0 is high and away for ball four. Claire Jenkins draws a four-pitch walk here with two outs in the fifth inning. That should be a really fun podcast. Be even more fun if things continue to go well here. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, you can hear that wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Google's having an issue, but we'll try and get that fixed. And, again, at OutOfTheBox underscore pod on Twitter. I think if the weekend continues like this, like you said, Tom, Alabama fans will want to tune in. <laughs> Bailey Dowling steps in, one for two. First pitch is low and away for ball one. Dowling with a homer in the second, flew out in the fourth. And her home run was a no-doubter. Yes. Again, just a credit to Alabama, the film yeah. study. I mean, the home runs were both on rise balls right in the zone on a tee. 1-0 to Dowling is low, and six straight pit, uh, balls thrown by Hanley. But I, I think this is something Alabama can work on right now, too, because something they've struggled with this year is 
adjusting to a new pitcher. And I'd like to see the Alabama offense just keep it rolling if they can. The 2-0 pitch, high 3-0. After there were two ground outs against the new pitcher after she came in, but now she's having trouble finding the zone. I mean, you're up 5 nothing. If I'm Dowling, I'm, I'm actually maybe thinking about going after the 3-0 here. Here comes a 3-0, and it is a called strike. Just above the belt. Here moves to 3-1. Maybe I'm getting greedy. Uh, I doubt she had a complete red light, but it was probably it has to be exactly what she won. Yeah. In that one. Yeah. The 3-1. Dowling with a high chopper up the middle, and it's knocked down by Cox, but unable to hold on to it. That'll be an infield single for Dowling, putting runners now on first and second with two out. And drawing a pinch hitter for Patrick Murphy, which I understand Cat Grill has done well, but she's not what I would call an RBI producer, and you're bringing in one of those with Kyra Lockhart. But on that play, just a nice shot by Dowling, getting a piece of one. Cox, again, showing off a good second base, keeping that in the infield, but there was not much Auburn could do defensively right there. Pitch inning for Alabama, number five, Kyra Lockhart. So Kyra Lockhart steps in. First pitch, high for ball one. Ooh, oh. called strike. Called strike, oh, excuse me. Whoa. Whoa. Kate Harris telling me it just flew over her car, so <laughs> okay. maybe someone in Montgomery has it. I don't know. Just fouled off, no balls and two strikes on Lockhart, who is one for eight on the year. That was a two RBI double last weekend during the T-Town showdown. Yeah, went with a pitch on the outside, poked it out to the right center gap, and then hustled it away to second. It was a really just good play overall for the team. You could see how excited everyone was for Lockhart. That pitch comes in low, one ball, one strike. It was it later that inning, Savannah Woodard's walk-off grand slam? Different inning. Different it game. was a different inning. Same that, game, same game, different inning. It was, it was quite the day for it, Alabama, it was, honestly. It was. One, two, inside. The ball bounces away from Godwin, but not far enough for anyone to go anywhere. Count moves to two and two. It was a fun Saturday against Northern Iowa. We can ignore what happened the next day. We'll just forget day. about that. Yeah. Which the team has obviously done a good job of doing. Absolutely. 2-2 pitch. Swung on and missed for strike three, and that'll do it for Alabama here in the fifth. But the Crimson Tide scored two runs on three hits. There were no errors and two runners left on base. Stretching at Auburn, it's 5-0 Alabama here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. The Golden Triangle Regional Airport in Columbus, Mississippi is the fastest way for Tide fans in Northwest Alabama to get to their destinations. Just one hour from Tuscaloosa, the Golden Triangle Regional Airport provides easy parking and short security and check-in lines. Golden Triangle Regional Airport is simply more convenient. Visit them online at gtra.com. We have stretched here in Auburn. We head to the bottom of the fifth inning. Alabama with a 5-0 lead over the Tigers. Five runs on 10 hits, no errors. Six runners left on base for the Tide for the Tigers. No runs on seven hits, no errors, and six runners left on base. It'll be top of the order due up for the Tigers. Dowell, Cox, and Packer against Lexi Kilfoyle in the circle for the Crimson Tide. Kilfoyle has got out of a couple jams, has stranded the bases loaded twice for Auburn, and was helped out by Bailey Hemphill behind the plate, throwing out Tyler King, attempting to steal in last inning. First pitch. Called strike, no balls and one strike on Dow. Two for two with a couple of singles so far today for the leadoff hitter. One thing, if you're Mickey Dean, you're probably thinking you could try that still there. Worst case scenario, she gets thrown out at right. the top of the order. Do but I want to dig into something else after this pitch that's kind of gnawing at me that Auburn's done. The 0-1's outside, 1-1. I'm going to read the situationals. Auburn tonight with runners on is four for 10, two for eight with runners in scoring position, one for four with two outs. That's enough to do something yeah. against Kilfoyle, but they've kept every single runner at third, not even taking the risk, right. and I'm a little surprised by that. Kilfoyle looks in, the 1-1 pitch. 
low, two balls and one strike. And I'm not saying, you know, Alabama couldn't throw out the runner, and they were both good throws in yeah, the situations we've seen. They would have been, at best, really close if not right. outs at home. But how many times have we seen a runner thrown out over the right. years? I would have taken those risks if I were Mickey Dean. The 2-1 pitch. Off speed, drops in for a call strike, 2-2. Two and two. One change out in the field for Alabama this inning. Taylor Clark now at third base, replacing Matty Morgan. I like the move. As well as Morgan's played at third tonight, Clark is a superb defender. And she should be ready. Ball always finds the new girl. Sure. And has played really well wherever they've put her. Absolutely. On the infield this year. The 2-2. Two -two. Swing and a miss, strike three. And for the first time today, Kenna Dowell goes down on strikes. There's one out. There's the dance. Fire up the music because Kilfoyle's drop had some nasty movement right there. And that's the perfect location. Dropping from the bottom of the zone out, Dowell just had no shot to catch up to it, especially with the pace Kilfoyle put on that pitch. That will bring up Sidney Cox. Freshman is two for two, couple of singles today. First pitch. Called strike. Oh, one. Now the Box Podcast scoreboard update. South Carolina responds. Top six, Arkansas up 2-1 on the Gamecocks. Speaking of responding, Auburn trying to do that. 0 for 2 tonight. 5 for 17 this season in the response stat. The 0-1 pitch fouled off. No balls and two strikes now on Cox. Bottom of the fifth inning, 5-0 Alabama, one out. Nobody on for Auburn. And I think tonight, Tom, is a great example of why the response stat is so important and why we track it. If Auburn scores in the first inning, this game is wildly different. Oh, yeah. But they couldn't answer. And when that happens, you let the other team have all the momentum. The 0-2, low and away. All two strikes. And I think that's one thing as well, when you're the visiting team, you know, you, you get the advantage when you're the home team of hitting last. But when you're the visitor, you get to hit first. So if you jump out on the team quickly, you take all the momentum early. Absolutely. One, two. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Back-to-back -back strikeouts here. It's the top of the order. And there's two gone. There it is again. Dancing, dropping, beautiful. And what a job by Kilfoyle making adjustments on her own against the top two who have seen her so well tonight. Seven strikeouts, no walks for Kilfoyle. As Michaela Packer steps up, one for two with a strikeout and a single today. First pitch. Call strike, going one. And in this inning, Tom, that's now three batters and three called strikes on the first pitch. So again, like you said earlier, Kilfoyle getting ahead much better than she did to start the game. And keeping the Auburn batters off balance now because they were attacking early in the count earlier. The 0-1 is popped up in foul ground. It will be on top of the Auburn dugout. No balls and two strikes. Another stat that Nathan Sheehan sent us today is that Alabama Fouts and Kilfoyle second in the nation in strikeout to walk ratio this year. Let's see if he gets another one right here, the 0-2. Called strike three, there you go. Eight strikeouts for Lexi Kilfoyle in the game, including three up, three down, striking out the side here in the fifth. I mean, the drop ball is absolutely working right now, Tom, and when a pitcher gets production behind her, it's amazing how much more confident she looks in the circle. Kilfoyle cannot be stopped. For the Tigers here in the bottom of the fifth, no runs, no hits, no errors, no runners left. We played five, Alabama leads at five nothing over Auburn here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Airfield IMG College. We head to the top of the seventh inning, Alabama with a five nothing lead over Auburn. Two up for the Tide here in the seventh. Hemphill, Tau, and Clark, three, four, five against the second pitcher of the ball game for Auburn, Lexi Hanley. Giving up one hit in the two innings. No runs, a walk, and a strikeout. Throw her 30th pitch to start off the seventh inning. 
but the story of the game so far was what Alabama was able to do against the starter, Matty Benton. Absolutely. Again, I, I'm going to harp on this in post game, so just get ready, folks. <laughs> the film work done. I mean, they were ready for Matty Penta, who has good stuff and had good innings tonight, pitched really well, got herself out of some jams where Alabama could have blown it open way earlier in this game. But they were patient, they were ready for their pitch, and they swung, and they hit it a really long way here in this game. Just an impressive outing from the Alabama offense. Bailey Hemphill leading things off, and the first pitch is a called strike. 0-1, oh speaking of hitting it a long way, Bailey Hemphill, two-run homer in the fifth inning. That, again, not exaggerating, folks, the, the longest home run I've ever seen. It was ridiculous. I mean, it challenges Allos from the World Series. The 0-1. Oh is low and away, one ball, which home, I don't remember that home run. <laughs> Sorry, discussing. Tom, you're right. Yes. <laughs> but yes, food food trucks in Oklahoma City would have been having to move <laughs> for that hit if that was there. Hempel lines this one, just foul down the third baseline, ball and two strikes. Yeah, Hanley kind of going off speed right there, up in the zone. Hempel has really impressed me tonight on her selection and attack of off-speed pitches. Yeah, she was a little ahead of that one right there, but not by much. Yeah. 201 career RBIs for Bailey Hemphill now. The one-two is high and tight. Two balls and two strikes. Her career now, also home runs. 53, she's just one behind Amanda Locke. 2-2. She might be tied with Amanda Locke now. Way back. Way gone. Second home run of the day for Bailey Hemphill. Solo shot this time. It's 6-0 Crimson Tide. Strike zone again, Tom. Hanley just left that pitch up, and you can't do it. Not against Hemphill. She's finally getting pitches to hit this year, and she is making opposing pitchers pay. And oh, by the way, Tom, how about this stat? That's the first time Alabama has scored in the seventh inning since February 13, 2020 against Liberty. And it comes on a Bailey bomb. No better way to end that seventh inning slump than a big blast to center. So Hemphill's line for the day, she's three for four, two homers, a double, and five RBIs. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's one way to start off SEC play. My goodness. <laughs> so Hemphill now with 54 home runs in her career. That's tied for fourth in the all-time Alabama record list. That ball is grounded to second from Tau. Cox makes the out. There's one down. And RBIs, she now has 202 in her career. That is uh, 13 behind Kayla Hunt for second place all-time. I joke, but she might actually catch some of those records this weekend. <laughs> now batting number nine, Taylor Clark. Taylor Clark will now step in for her first at-bat of the ball game. First pitch is a called strike. She's a graduate from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Transfer from Virginia Tech. She came in as a defensive replacement for Maddie Morgan a couple innings ago at third base. In the year, Clark batting 182, four of 22. Run scored. Oh, oh, that hit her on the helmet, top of the helmet. And she will head down to first base to be okay. And she was able to get herself out of the way of that one. She's, I think she's laughing with Allison Habits. Yeah, that was more a, oh my gosh, that was terrifying conversation with Allison Habits. And I think you were mid stat line. I was sitting here and we both had the same reaction. Glad that Taylor's okay. Yes. Why you wear batting helmets. Claire Jenkins lines this one to left. The catch made by King for out number two. And Jenkins hit, hit that one right on the screws, but unfortunately right at the left fielder, and there's two gone. Jenkins is really close to uncorking the power that she had in 2019. She's got a home run this year, but that was big pull. Senior day magic kind of mixed in. She's had a lot of close flyouts like that. I think she's... Very, very near being back to the power hitter that she was in 2019. Bailey Dowling steps in the first pitch. High and tight for ball one. Dowling two for three. Homer in the second 
fly out in the fourth and a single in the fifth. And both she and Kaylee Tao will need to start getting some more RBIs or Bailey Hemphill is going to pass them quickly. That one is a one hopper to short. Dowell, another really nice play. Short makes the stop and the throw in time for out number three to retire the side. But for the Crimson Tide here in the seventh, one run on one hit. There were no errors and one runner left on base. We head to the bottom of the seventh, the last chance for Auburn. Alabama leads it 6 nothing here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. We head to the bottom of the seventh inning, the last chance for Auburn. Alabama with a 6-0 lead over the Tigers. Six runs on 11 hits, no errors. Seven runners left on for Alabama. For Auburn, no runs on eight hits, no errors. And seven runners left on base. Perry, King, and Dow will do up for Auburn, but we saw Mickey Dean talking with the home plate umpire, Scott Mayer, behind home plate. And we haven't seen anybody really come out of the dugout, so I expect we'll see some pinch hitters here for Auburn as they try to do something against Lexi Kilfoyle, who, she has, she's given up eight hits, but they've all been singles. She's scattered them, got out a couple jams, and done a really good job today. Yeah, I, I think six of the uh, six of the eight hits came in the first three innings, so since then it's been really nice. And you're right, Tom, already a pinch hitter to start it off for the Tigers. I mean, just what a way to open this series for Alabama. Now you're just trying to close, again, Pressure here for Kilfoyle, her first true test, trying to finish off a game on the road in SEC play. Haley Nillen will lead things off, pinch hitting. One for four on the year with an RBI. Junior from Spring, Texas, the first pitch is in there to the righty for a called strike one. And as usual, if I'm Kilfoyle, attack, 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 go after the zone, throw strikes, hammer it. Paint the corners, all that jazz. Pinch hitters have been unable to touch you this season. That pitch, right in there again. No balls and two strikes. Kilfoyle's ERA now down to .14 here this season. Boy looks in, the 0-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. And once again, the pinch hitter stat facing Alabama pitchers is quite poor. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. And by the way, congrats to Kilfoyle. That K, her tenth of a night, ties her season and career high. And uh, again, another pinch hitter. I wouldn't be shocked if she makes it 11. Mia. Gelkis steps in, first pitch, fouled off for strike one. 0 for 5 on the year with a run scored is Gelkis. Sophomore from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Wow, that is not in state. No. <laughs> it is much warmer here today than I'm sure it is there. Oh, for sure. The yeah, 1. Just misses outside, one ball, one strike. Out of the box podcast, scoreboard update, unbeaten no more. Kentucky goes down to Florida in game one of that series. Gators win it 3-1 over the Wildcats. Interesting what happens when you face good pitching. You yes. don't score 17 runs or more. Usually doesn't, usually doesn't work out that way. 1-1 one, one pitch, foul it off. One ball, two strikes. One out here in the bottom of the seventh, six nothing Alabama. One two pitch, and that's a ground ball to short. Jenkins has it, the throws in time, and Auburn is down to their final out. Kind of a weird defensive formation right there. Jenkins had to go a long way to get that chopper, but you know, she's the quarterback of the infield for a reason. She can make all those plays and made it look really easy over there at short. Kennedy will step up. Two for three with a couple of singles and a strikeout today. First pitch, blown away for ball one. 
Same two teams tomorrow. Yeah. Four o'clock, 3.50 the airtime here on the network. I'm sure it will be a Montana Fouts versus Shelby Lowe matchup in the circle. 1-0 pitch. And that's a two-hopper to first. Tao has it, steps on the bag. Dowell didn't even run. She is trying to say that that was off her foot, but it was not. None of the umpires agreed, so that'll do it. And the ball game's over. Auburn here in the seventh. No runs, no hits, no errors, no runners left. Your final score, Alabama six, Auburn nothing. With the win, Alabama improves to 20-1 and one on the year. 1-0 now here in SEC play. Auburn falls to 16-2, 0-1 in the conference. For Alabama, six runs on 11 hits, no errors, seven runners left on base. For Auburn, no runs on eight hits, no errors, and seven runners left on base. And the starters are your pitchers of record. Lexi Kilfoyle improves now to 8-0 on the year. Maddie Pinto takes her first loss. She's now 6-1. and a game, Lexi Kilfoyle, the complete game shutout in the circle for the Crimson Tide, and Bailey Hemphill with five RBIs, two home runs that are combined to somewhere around 800 feet, I would think. Uh, just unbelievable game uh, from your stars, and it's good to see that. You know, you want to get the production from everybody up and down the lineup, which Alabama did today, but great to see the stars really come out for the Tide. Really bad night for the Alabama can't hit crowd. I said the first inning was rough. It just got worse. I mean, this offense is good. This pitching staff is good. This team is good. We weren't kidding. We weren't being homers and we said Alabama is one of the four best teams in the country. It's true. UCLA, Oklahoma, Arizona, and Alabama have separated themselves this year, and this is a perfect example as to why. The power numbers were not good this year. Alabama was last in the SEC in home runs, and they had three tonight. And you're right, the star stepped up. Lexi Kilfoyle was so fantastic down the stretch. And Bailey Hemphill got pitches to hit. And boy, did she hit them. What a night for Alabama to open up this series. Take a timeout, come back with the post-game report right after this from Auburn, Alabama, the 6-0 winner here in game number one of the three-game series on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. So there you have it, number five in our Alabama softball 2021 moments of the year, the Bailey bomb to beat Auburn in game one of that series on the way to the sweep. I mean, I, I think before we get to what will be number one, it's not a secret. I'm not going to say it, but all of you know what it is. Right, yeah. I think this is one of our finest moments as a radio duo, just the, the comedy that unfolds. Uh, and I think that this is as memorable a moment by a player in a non-big-time moment situation that you can imagine. I mean, obviously, Bailey had better moments. They will be on these rankings. But this play might be the thing I remember most about her time at Alabama because, again, it is the hardest hit ball I've ever seen, and it went the furthest I've ever seen a home run ball go. Right. And it's, you know, it, it, it was that whole weekend was just so much fun. And, you know, the rivalry between Alabama and Auburn is real. No matter what sport it is, no matter how good one side is or one maybe poor one other the other side is, it's always fun if you're Alabama to beat Auburn. And to be able to go down to start off the conference slate at Auburn and to get a sweep and kind of announce your, your presence with authority with that type of home run. And then Bailey Dowling does it in, in game number three. Uh, Bailey also had home run in this game number one yeah, as well. Sure. Dowling did. Um, so uh, it was just uh, so much fun to be there, to, to see the team play that well. Uh, and you have those type of big plays, uh, that, that is something that you are remembered for what you do. You're remembered for what you do in championship situations and in rivalry situations. And uh, you know, another reason why Bailey uh, Hemphill will be remembered so fondly as a member of the Crimson Tide is what she did against Auburn. So that's number five, but we've got four more to go. Tom, this was the only selection from the regular season. So everything going forward is from the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament. Hard to argue with the selections. We'll obviously reveal them at the next episode, but uh, it's time to get into where you're in must-win situations where there's no other option except to win, and uh, that was where we saw Alabama play their best softball in 2021. Yeah, that's one, someone thing that Patrick Murphy talks about a lot is not only are you playing for your career, 
you are playing to end other people's careers in, in the NCAA tournament um, to be able to do that. And you knew the teams that you were playing because everybody had gone through what had happened in 2020. So you had a lot of teams that came in with those fifth year seniors that even more so than maybe usual were doing everything they could to you know, be able to put on that uniform one more time. And for Alabama to play their best softball during that time, I think was a real testament to the coaching staff, to the players on Team 25. Uh, it's just, it was so, it, it was a really special group and, uh, and really good softball players. Yeah, <laughs> and that number four moment, as well as the rest of the rankings will be revealed next time. We'll get to number four on the next episode of the Alabama Softball 2021 Moments of the Year. For Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. Next week, we head to OKC. Join us then.